This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Climbers, today we unpack part two of the book, The E-Myth, helping you further understand that you are an entrepreneur and you must embrace this to create the leverage you want. And stick around because I'm going to have a few actionable items for you at the end of the episode. Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you Create leverage in the music business. Leverage is the secret sauce. That's the magic fairy dust. That is the gold at the end of them dark hills that's going to get you all the appointments you want, working with the people you want, and help you increase your business. Like, you got to do it for yourself. You got to give yourself permission to be that artist and to move forward. But guess what? You don't need anybody else's. That's why we called it The Climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a backstory from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent, aside from the fact that he's a good human, a great father, and a one hell of a model American, is that he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and on a regular basis, you have opportunities to continually get your songs in front of pros and create relationships to climb that ladder. You can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but thankfully, Johnny is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. How you doing? How you living? Man, I'm I'm living busy. Yeah. It's good. Chasing kids and cuts. That's what I tell people. What you doing? I'm chasing kids. I'm chasing cuts. Kids and cuts. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> living the dream, baby. Living the dream. Amen, brother. <laughs> well, hey, man, we're going to dive deeper into this um, this book, The E-Myth. One of the biggest issues that I see with indie artists is they don't understand how to run a business. You know, they're and this book is just so all about that, mm-hmm. like because it's how so many small businesses are started. You know, we talked last time about how you're a technician, you've got this skill, and you're really good at this skill, and you think, you know what, I'm going to. I'm going to start a business doing this because then I'm my own boss and I can do what I want to do. And, and you end up actually, if you don't understand how to run a business and how to build a business, and if you don't understand how that has nothing to do with your technical skill right, and the thing that you're good at making, then what you'd end up buying is a job and not. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. A business, right. And it's, you can't sell a job. Why does anybody want to buy a job like that? You know? So uh, we're going to go into that. We got some actionable items today that I think are going to help you sort of separate yourself from this and, and rise up, let's say, 
kind of have like an out of body experience from your technical self and look at your business separately, mm-hmm. which is what you need to do because it's a separate skill set. It's a separate thing. But um, yes, before we get into Never, that, just because you're good at singing doesn't mean you understand the music business automatically. Yeah, two separate things, and you need to understand the business. Like yeah. you can't like if you like if you don't honor the business, you're not going to get where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you're not paying attention to these other things that matter. And this is part of the secret sauce. Yeah. That is absolutely mission critical for success, period, end of story. So there it is. So, but before we do that, let's, let's talk about some wins. Yes. Oh, wait, right, but, so, so join Hold on. Before we do that, we should tell you what about the ones. Like, if you're, oh, I'm going to clean that up. For you, you are. Okay. <laughs> go ahead. You clean it up. Yeah, I was going to say every Wednesday in the Climb community, which you should join, it's at facebook.com slash groups slash the Climb community. It's where the party is happening. You can post your gigs there on Thursday. You can post your new music on Music Monday. Any time of the week, you can post there, but just as a comment under those appropriate posts so that it keeps the feed nice and clean. And when people want to find your music, they can find your music and your music doesn't bug them because they're looking for it. All right. Also, on Wednesday, we post new heights. That's where we invite you to, to share your wins with us so we can celebrate with you. And we have a couple we're going to share this time, always more than we have time to share, which is a good problem. That's a high-class problem. I'm just going to share a couple of these. Climber Patrick Adams says, knocked out two songs in an hour the other day with Michael Parker. And I have started doing more production work and song starts. Let's keep climbing. Nice. So, nice, Patrick. Patrick fierce. Fierce. That's fierce, boy. That is. And, you know, man, you have people like, well, Johnny, I saw you give a yes. And we got people like Buddy Lee in there and other people commenting. And that's because we like celebrate. Yep. Taylor Hughes says, had my first co-write with fellow climber last night and it went great. Steve Lombardo. Of course, Steve is commenting on it and they're having a little conversation. Again, this is where this is the cocktail party. This is where the good stuff is happening. Yeah. It's where people are building relationships. So, I mean, Taylor and Steve had a great co-write. Where did they meet? Let's see, fellow climber. How did they meet? Hmm. I don't know. What does that mean? I wonder how that happened. It's probably through, like, being active in the Facebook group, which happens to climbers. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. How would it feel to meet new co-writers that you have great first rights with and second and third rights? Yes. Come join the climbing community. Hey, congrats, y'all. And guess what? When you're in the climb community, you can hook up with riders. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the 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 trio, the the incredible trio. The three, uh, the amigos, three amigos, Patrick and Chris and Brad. Yep. And then O'Hanlon and DeMarco and, and Lucy, uh, Lucy yep. Blanc, who by the way are like I think all currently on if it's not three separate continents, it's definitely three separate countries. Yeah. Because Bill's still in the Bahamas, right? So No, he's back. He, he came back just for the snow. Oh, did he? Just for the snow. <laughs> okay, because, I mean, guys, this is like get with the riders. Like, like, it doesn't matter. Distance is not a thing in the climb community. It brings everybody together. Exactly. So, yeah, congrats, y'all. Keep on climbing. Send in those Good wins. Job. We'd love to hear about them and celebrate with you. Yep, and make sure that you follow the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast and tell a friend about it. Let them know this stuff can help them. We just we want you to we want to see you at the top. We, we're trying to give you every piece of information that we can dig up to put tools in your toolbox to help you get there. So that's right. How to start being a better entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I mean, how to be a better business person, right? How to be a better business person. Everybody needs to learn how to be a better business person. And guess what? From one business person to another, you never stop learning about that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's mission critical. You know, in my previous episode, we talked about, and this is all coming from the book, The E-Myth by By Michael Gerber. By Michael Gerber. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We talked about the three, the entrepreneur, the technician, and the manager. These are the three people constantly throwing each other under the bus inside your newly schizophrenic head, right? That's right. And I'm just wondering, I'm going to pose a question once again, which one was the most prominent in your head? I want you to think about that, okay? Mm -hmm. So as we move on talking about entrepreneurship and you are an entrepreneur, whether you like it or not, you might be surprised to discover that your business is a living, breathing entity in and of itself, different from what the work that you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it doesn't feel like it's separate 
feels like you are the business and the business is you because it's true in the beginning, right? Yeah. You're a musician, an artist, a songwriter, a singer, which is perfect because these tasks that you're brilliant at, the same tasks that fascinate you, that excite you, that get you out of bed every morning are what's required in your business. How fun, right? It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the business is a growing, living thing. And like all living things, your business has different stages of development. So in the beginning, it's a newborn baby, completely helpless and unable to survive unless you're there 24-7 to feed it, to teach it to nurture it, to change its diapers and help it grow. And that's what it does at the beginning. It eats and it poops. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say, like, you know, you've heard phrases like this, Brent, you'll appreciate this. Like, you know, all work and no play no play makes Jack a dull boy, right? Yeah. You must have a balance in your life between your business, your personal life, and your social life. Don't forget to take time for yourself. Try dropping any one of those expressions to the parents of a newborn. And they're going to laugh in your face if they don't spit in it first, right? Like, right. there's no balance. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. That's a book. This is what's real. This is a Tuesday. <laughs> exactly. You, I mean, you oh, get boy. that, right? <laughs> oh, I get that. I'm triggered slightly, but yeah. So, you know, you feel the same way that parents feel about their newborn, about your business. You know, you didn't choose music. Music chose you, right? You were born to do this. Mm. You, were, you were born with God-given talent. Is it really work if you love what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with mixing a little business with pleasure. You live for your business. And this is good because, again, your business is a newborn and it'll perish overnight without your constant tender loving care. Mm -hmm. And so you're writing songs, recording demos, playing in the sandbox with different arrangements and sonics and attitude. And you're, you're going down that artist's journey and playing in the sandbox is fun. You're a creative and all creatives belong in a sandbox. And then you step it up to real competitive sound recordings. This is your, your chance here to prove to the world that finally you're an artist, right? Mm -hmm. And you work tirelessly creating your project. The tracking is finished now. The mixing is finished. The mastering gets done. And you have a vision because you always had a vision about the artwork for this project. You've always had a vision because you get your whole life to write and think about that first record, right? And you do what needs to be done, and voila, you, the cover art's completed. And then all the work that you know how to do, the technical work, the work of a technician, like writing the songs, copying the guitar tones, recording the guitars, arranging the vocals, mixing the project to your exact specifications has been completed and beautifully presented, wrapped up in the photo shoot you waited your entire life to create with the perfect font on the title and everyone's name on the inside who gave their energy to bring this project into the world and a sparkling bow on top. And you sit back and you relax and you reminisce on all the moments that were created as you completed your project. This will be great content, by the way, for your behind the music episode about this project. <laughs> now to plan the release party. Okay. Well, you got to choose a date, an important date, like your birthday, because isn't that perfect? It's your birthday. Everybody knows that. And it's in two weeks anyway. And it's in two weeks. Yeah. And your game, or maybe your Gam Gam's birthday, because she inspired you and she's your primary investor for this project. Or maybe a national holiday of great importance because your leadoff single celebrates the people being celebrated by the holiday. And you choose a venue, the local one, where you've always dreamt this party would happen. You hire a band to back you and you pay for rehearsal space and the band's rehearsal time to get the show right. And you rent the necessary production to launch this project right. And all the plans are in place and you pick a DIY distributor a few weeks before the party. And after all, you, you've been so busy up until now creating the project, you haven't had time to start in the administration. So you upload this song and the song drops, you throw the party a couple of weeks later, and everyone's so proud. It was an amazing evening. And then the next morning, the hangover sets in. Because you have the same amount of streams this morning as you did last evening. It's a different hangover, though, because it lingers. <laughs> it doesn't get any better throughout the day. In fact, it gets worse throughout the week. It continues to get increasingly worse. 100 more streams, but the bloom is off the rose because 100 streams is exciting if the first 100, if it's the first 100 of a million, but it's still 100. Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Why doesn't anybody care? This record is good. It's great, in fact. And you have good ears. 
So you know that you created some catchy-ass tunes and created solid sound recordings. You really did. But you don't have any marketing. You don't have a budget for marketing and promotion. And because you don't have a budget, you don't have a plan for marketing and promotion that would cost money. But you also don't have a plan to increase your organic reach. So you don't have a plan to promote your music with little or no budget. You don't have a list of five things you can do to get your music in front of as many eyeballs as possible so it has a chance to live. Two weeks later, you amass another hundred streams. You, now the bills, the credit card bills are coming in from the party. Hmm. Inevitably, as with all artists, the shade from zero exposure mixes with the moisture from your artist's tears and a deadly black mold starts to grow, and it's the mold of self-doubt. Nobody seems to care about your music. You think, maybe I have 200 streams because my music isn't as good as I think it is. Maybe I should have spent more time mixing that first release. Maybe I should have picked the image Gam Gam-like from the photo shoot instead of being so stubborn. I mean, after all, she paid for it, right? Of course, all these statements suggest that people are responding negatively to your project because you're having a negative reaction to the way it's being received. Your artist's fear is taking over the narrative in your head. It's not good, you say. They don't like it. The faulty logic is that this toxic narrative is predicated on the idea that someone, anyone amongst the nobodies that don't seem to care, would have to hear the music first before they could develop any opinion on it, much less a negative opinion. What happened was that your infant died. I'm sorry to be so blunt, but your newborn died and it's entirely your fault. Your baby is dead because you conflated your impressive technical work with taking care of your infant business. You mistakenly thought that writing good songs, making good recordings, and getting good mixes was good business. That's not business. That's work. Your baby died because the technician inside your head took over and essentially fired the manager and the entrepreneur in a selfish move by the technician to create the project you've always dreamt of without interference from the other two. We don't need them around. I know what I'm doing. I know how to make the donuts. So fire the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur would be pondering, what the heck are we going to do with this project when it's finished? How are we going to bring this project to market? How are we going to get people to listen to it and care about it? Hey, what if instead of recording 10 songs, we recorded three and spent the rest of Gam Gam's investment on promotion? Where's the best place to spend this money on promotion? We need to leave this project in the can for a minute while we research some tactics and strategies to promote this. And then fire the manager. The manager would be listening to the entrepreneur's questions and begin thinking, what kind of team would need to be assembled to execute the promotion strategy cooked up by the entrepreneur? Where can we find these people? How many people will it take? You know, how many times have you heard someone say, Brent, that it's always been my dream to record a CD? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the technician talking, Right. That's the technician because the technician actually records the CD. Like, <laughs> yeah. If that was true, if the dream was just to record a CD, you wouldn't have this hangover. Right. You wouldn't care what other people think, like Gam Gam, your friends, the band you hired, and the venue owner where you held the party. It wouldn't matter what they thought about your music. Mm. If that was true, you wouldn't have thrown the party in the first place. Who throws a lavish party for themselves to celebrate coming home from work? <laughs> <laughs> right? Bucket list checked off. The CD was recorded. Job well done. Nope. Right. Mission, mission accomplished. Yep. Your dream was actually to become an artist, and you short-sightedly only daydreamt about creating the CD because you didn't know what you were doing after that, and you didn't bother to find out. You know what? I think Kevin Costner owes all of us an apology. Mm -hmm. You know why? <laughs> if you build it, they will come. <laughs> How many artists has that killed? How much mold has that brought into the world? A lot of black mold. That's a lot of that. A lot of black mold, mold man. man. Yeah. Build it and they will come. No. No, build it and it'll mold. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't, you didn't bother to find out because the technician fired 
the entrepreneur mm-hmm. and the manager. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to give you a better quote here to see the problem. You see that the problem here is to quote the great Brent Baxter. <laughs> if you want to be a pro, you have to act like a pro before you become a pro. Yep. Acting like a pro in terms of your entrepreneurial spirit means that you cannot conflate the work you did on your project with your business. Your business, you guys, is separate. Mm -hmm. It's a separate living, breathing thing, different from the technical work that goes on in your business. In other words, your album that you loved and labored over is not your business. That's right. It's a product that your business has to sell. Mm-hmm. They are different. Mm-hmm. It's the result of work. Yeah. But that's not your business, right? So your infant business lacks maturity. And a mature business knows how it got to be where it is and what it must do to get where it wants to go. I'm going to say that again. A mature business knows how it got to be where it is and what it must do to get where it wants to go. Therefore, maturity is not an inevitable result of the first two phases. It's not the end product of a serial process, Mm. beginning with infancy and moving through adolescence. Maturity is not something that naturally happens in due time. No. Companies like McDonald's, Federal Express, and Disney didn't end up as mature companies. They started out that way. Mm. That sink in. That's deep. Yeah. <laughs> they were internal pros before they became external pros. That's right. They were doing thinking and doing business like a pro. Exactly right. Before they quote unquote turn pro, right? Yeah. That's right. The people who started these businesses had a totally different perspective about what a business is and why it works. The person who launches his business as a mature company must also go through infancy and adolescence, but he goes through them in an entirely different way. It's his perspective that makes the difference, his entrepreneurial perspective. So we're going to dig into entrepreneurial perspective here, okay? Awesome. I got to tell you, by the way, Mm-hmm. I love that story. Thank you. That was that was entertaining. I was like, oh, Johnny's put some work into this. <laughs> yeah, I've been I'm doing like, some, oh, you know, come on. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, sir. <laughs> the entrepreneurial perspective respects the business more than the work. That's going to piss you off. <laughs> yeah. The entrepreneurial perspective respects the business more than the work. That's blasphemy if the technician is a songwriter, artist, or musician, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. But let me explain what I mean here, okay? So the author of the E-Myth, Gerber, goes on to explain a quick story about Tom Watson, who is the founder of IBM. And now IBM is, you know, a dinosaur now, but I think this story that he relays, it drives everything home here, and I want to kind of unpack this a little bit. So when asked to what he attributed the phenomenal success of IBM, it was said that he answered this way. IBM is what it is today for three special reasons. The first reason is that at the very beginning, I had a very clear picture of what the company would look like when it was finally done. You might say I had a model in my mind of what it would look like when the dream, my vision, was in place. The second reason was that once I had that picture, I then asked myself how a company which looked like that would have to act. Mm. I then created a picture of how IBM would act when it was finally done. And the third reason IBM has been so successful was that once I had a picture of how IBM would look when the dream was in place and how such a company would have to act, I then realized that unless we began to act that way from the very beginning, we would never get there. Unless we began to act that way from the very beginning, we would never get there. In other words, I realized that for IBM to become a great company, it would have to act like a great company long before it ever became one. 
From the very outset, IBM was fashioned after the template of my vision, and each and every day we attempted to model the company after that template. This is huge right here. At the end of each day, we asked ourselves how well we did discovered the disparity between where we were and where we had committed ourselves to be. And then at the start of the following day, we set out to make up for the difference. Mm. Right there. What is that state right there? They know they're not perfect. Yeah. They know they make mistakes. In fact, this goes on to imply they make mistakes every single day right? as they're trying to craft this. And it's not about being perfect. And it's not about being free of mistakes. It's about at the end of the day, going back to be like, okay, I'm supposed to be here, but I'm here. And what am I going to do tomorrow to close that gap? Yeah. Right. And 1% better tomorrow. And, okay. So this, this makes me think of something about, I need to operate today just like the vision I have for that, how that company would operate in the future. Right. Yeah. So if you're an artist or if you're a songwriter, Remember, this is how do I operate? This is not the visuals, meaning, oh, I need to go ahead and get my, you know, I need to rent whatever, some sort of fancy car mm -hmm. and rent a Rolex yeah. so I can flash those on my Instagram because that's my vision for the future. It is not that. It is not putting up a false front. It is how do I operate? How do I go about business? Yes. Right. It's not about the optics. It's about the internal workings of this machine that we're building. That's right. They don't pay people at record labels. They don't pay artists to make records. They don't. Right. Once the record is done, the real work starts, right? I would say they lose money on making records. They lose money on making records. They make money selling records. So guess what? <laughs> Start right there. People don't people lose money making records. So after the record is done, before it's sold, you are in the hole, no matter if it's Jason Aldean or your your buddy the indie artist right around the corner. Yeah. You're in the hole right now. In the hole. Mm -hmm. You spent money. And you've got nothing in return for it until you sell the record. So yeah, that's like a t-shirt for crying out loud, Brent. <laughs> labels, labels and artists don't make money making records. They make money selling records. You right. know? <laughs> and thinking, talking about a gap that I need to bridge, how do I close that gap? Like, I know that gap's going to be there. Yes. Yes. How am I going to close it? Yes. And if, if it's a four-letter word that starts with an H and ends in ope, that's not a good strategy. <laughs> it's not a good, yeah, so we're going to dig into that Hope a little Brown bit, right? Nope, for a reason. <laughs> so he go, the final thing here is like super huge. He said, every day at IBM was a day devoted to business development, not doing business. Mm. We didn't do business at IBM. We built one. Wow. What the story tells us here is very important. It reveals an understanding of what makes a great business great. It also tells us what makes all other businesses survivable at their best and intolerable at their worst. Hmm. It tells us that the very best businesses are fashioned after a model of a business that works. So climbers, First actionable item is for you to think about what business are you modeling your artist business after? And if you say like you want to sound like this or that, or you don't want to sound like this or that, that's not modeling the business. Right again, that's a sound. Yeah, that's a record. That's the work that's been done, right? That's the same as you getting into a, a knot tying contest and you're like, can you tie a better knot or not tie a better knot? That's the knots. How do you sell? What's the business? Right. Right. What's the business? So it tells us that it is the entrepreneur. It's about building. It's about developing a sound business, not just a sound. Yes. Because once you develop that sound, then it's going to be the business that generates the revenue that provides for you and your family. The business. Oh, what is it like? No one will ever hear your your sound if you don't have a sound business. I don't know. I'm working on a t-shirt and a tagline. Oh, we got like three t-shirts already. This is good. Like, I mean, I, seriously. Like, I, I think I, we recorded a song title challenge before this, so my mind's all woke up. I know, but holy crap, right? I mean, just the whole thing. Record labels don't make money making records. They, they, they make money selling them. Record labels lose money making records. They make money selling them. There, there it is right there. Yeah. So 
this tells us that it is the entrepreneurial perspective, the lens that you're looking through, right, that says it's not the commodity or the work itself that's important. Mm -hmm. What's important is the business, how it looks, how it acts, how it does what it is intended to do. Now that right now, we just pissed off probably at least 50% of the listeners. (laughs) It's not the commodity or the work itself that's important. What's important is the business. Johnny, you sound like a suit. Yeah. Okay. And so this may sound ridiculous in the artist's world because it seems to suggest the art, the work of creating the art doesn't matter which would then seem to suggest that any commodity or product will do. I get it, artists, climbers. I don't want to hear that. I don't. You don't want to hear that. Right. But I think the spirit of this sentence is that you're going to have lots of projects. Some will be good. Some will be great. As Billy Joel once stated, I think of my songs as my children, and I love all my children equally. Some of them grow up to be doctors and lawyers. Some of them grow up to be delinquents. Here's the rub. If you're not focused on the business, how it looks, how it acts, and how it does what it's intended to do, all of your projects, regardless of the quality, regardless of the potential, will be stillborn. DOA. There was no reliable business in the home to raise those children to be doctors, lawyers, or even delinquents. You got to parent them. So it says what Tom Watson had a passion. So it is. It's like making a baby and then not feeding a baby. The fun part's making a baby. Yes. That's really That it. is pretty fun. That's the fun part. And you just keep going through life making more babies, but they're just there starving. Like... <laughs> Exactly. But you know what? If you don't change that diaper, if you don't parent them, if you don't feed them, bad things happen. Yes. Hey, a lot of dudes get into it for the making the babies. But, you know, there's a lot that comes after that. So it's the same thing with the business of my record. There is. And if you want that baby to grow up to be something. (laughs) It was so much fun making that record. Yeah, it's hungry over there. Need something to latch on to. Feed that baby. The only way to do that is to understand that it's a business, you know? So mm-hmm. Watson had a passion for the enterprise itself, for the business itself. I think when I read that line, I, I thought of uh, Tracy Lawrence. Okay. I worked with him a while back for a cruise that he did. We marketed a cruise that he did, mm-hmm. that he was on. And he's this incredible artist that actually enjoys being the business person as much as he enjoys being the artist. And it's no surprise that, and he, I don't know if he still holds this record, but I still do. But for, if he doesn't hold it for a long while, he was the only indie artist to go number one on billboard. Mm. That didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen because Tracy Morgan was a, or Tracy Morgan, Tracy Lawrence was a big, huge star. Yeah. And everybody loved his name and they put out a record and everybody just bought it because even though he didn't have a record label anymore, mm-hmm. he lost his record deal because the sales were declining. How the heck did he get to number one post label? Because he understood and he honored the business, right? Mm-hmm. And so Tracy Lawrence, Tom Watson had a passion for the enterprise itself. And that unfortunately you know, most people who go into business, they don't. Mm-hmm. They don't have a passion for the business. They have a passion for the work. Man, I mean, I'm the same way. I moved, and I've told people this for years. Like, I moved to Nashville for what happens in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. The work. That's why I moved to Nashville. That's what I love. I'm a technician. I love mm-hmm. writing songs. I love the co-writes and the camaraderie and the the banter and, and the all that stuff, right? I'm in it for the sandbox. Yeah. I did not get into it for going out and shaking hands and trying to be talent scout on who, you know, who met, get a record deal and, and who can I meet that I that will listen to songs and how do I get so-and-so's email address? And I did not get into it for that, but you know what? If I want to stay in it, I'm learning to enjoy that journey as well, mm-hmm. but that's not what brought me to town. It's like, yeah, I want to get songs on the radio. I wanted to write hits. I wanted to write hits. 
I didn't come here to do all the stuff that happens after you write a hit to make it a hit. But I've had to learn that <laughs> and, right. and yeah. own it. I didn't come here to pitch a hit. And guess what? Publishing companies lose money writing hits. <laughs> they do. And they've all lost money on And they only money. make money selling hits. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So by the time when you have that publishing deal, the, the, the money that the publishing companies put in to have that hit birth, you're in the hole. They're in the oh, hole. Yeah. Everybody's lost money. Yeah. Until it's sold and all that happens in the business, right? On the business part of it. So most people who go into business don't have a model of a business that works. They only have a model of the work itself, mm -hmm. like you just described, Brent. So a technician's perspective, right? Yeah. Which differs from the entrepreneurial perspective in the following way. And let me just say, you're not wrong for that. No. You're not wrong for that. We don't judge babies for not coming out of the womb going, hello, mother, hello, father. I would like to jaunt across the room now and get myself a latte. No, they're a baby. Hey, you know, there's we, we start out where we start out. We don't judge for that. So that's fine that you start off as a technician. What happens is you just can't stay there. Well, you're going to forever be a technician with no, it's going to be a hobby. Yeah. You can be the world's greatest technician in the basement of that never sees the light of day. And if that's truly, truly, truly what you want, then you're not listening to this podcast because yeah. you don't care yeah. about the business end and of that's it. Fine. Like, you're, like you're a great technician. It's just fun for you. And that's what you do. And but if you're listening to this podcast, you're trying to do something more with it, man. And here's what you're missing, right? Mm -hmm. It's the entrepreneurial perspective. And it differs from the technician's perspective. Here's how, right? The entrepreneurial perspective asks the question, how must the business work? The technician's perspective asks, what work has to be done? Mm -hmm. The entrepreneurial perspective sees the business as a system for producing outside results for the customer, resulting in profits. The technician's perspective sees the business as a place in which people work to produce inside results for the technician producing income. But do you see that there can be no place where people work to produce inside results for the technician that produces income for the technician without a system for producing outside results for the customer resulting in profits? Right. Where's the freaking money coming from? Mm -hmm. You know, the entrepreneurial perspective starts with a picture of, well, of a well-defined future, and then comes back to the present with the intention of changing it to match the vision. Mm -hmm. The technician's perspective starts with the present and then looks forward to an uncertain future with the hope, there's that word, mm -hmm. of keeping it much like the present. In other words, the technician's business model, Brent, you just touched on this, is based on hope. Yeah. Every technician's business model is based on hope. The technician in your brain thinks one way, and that my technician in my brain thinks one way. Brent, your technician in your brain thinks one way. And it's based on we're going to do this work, and it's based on hope. Mm -hmm. We're going to upload it to Spotify and see what happens. Yeah. Once we get that record dealer, that manager, that booking agent, we'll be in high cotton. I hope I find someone or someone finds me who knows how to do social media because I don't get it. Yeah. I hope I find that publisher, right? That's hope. Okay. The entrepreneur. baby. Hope I mean. Hope I mean. <laughs> That's good. The entrepreneurial perspective envisions the business in its entirety from which is derived its parts. The technician's perspective envisions the business in parts from which is constructed the whole, right? Mm -hmm. The entrepreneurial perspective is an integrated vision of the world, right? Integrated, all these other things, all the people, all the relationships, all that is integrated. The technician's perspective is a fragmented vision of the world. To the entrepreneur, the present day world is modeled after his vision. Like I created this, right? To the technician, mm -hmm. the future is modeled after the present day world. Tomorrow's going to be like today. I'm going to be in the writing room again. Mm -hmm. And if the technician's future is modeled after the present day world, present day is where? Not where you want to be. 
And so if you keep thinking about today and not where you want to be, then you're going to stay right where you are. That's why you have to think about the business. There's no way around it. And let me tell you something. The worst possible thing to happen to you is that you're so freaking talented that everybody comes out of the woodwork to try to take a bunch of risks that they shouldn't be taking on you because you're unproven, right? And they believe they can do something with it and you don't understand the business. But they do. Oh. And guess what? You're still going to be in that writing room and you're still going to be broke even though all your work is now all of a sudden making a lot of money, but not for you. That's right. Because you didn't understand, because you didn't honor it, because you didn't take the time to learn it. Whether you get a record deal or not, right? Whether you get a publishing deal or not, this is just absolutely mission critical because God bless you. If you get the right kind of record deal and you're the right kind of artist for that label, those are a lot of planets that have to align once you become truly viable artist for signing, right? Like all those extra planets have to align, you know, once you pass that bar of like, I'm signable, right? Yeah. Then if you don't understand the business, you're going to, right then when you sign the papers, you're going to end up screwing up. Yeah. You're going to sign the death warrant. What seems like a bright new future, you're actually signing the death warrant to the business because they're going to take it. Or you're going to get in your own way because mm-hmm. they're going to be going, hey, this is what we need to be doing. And you're going to be disagreeing with them. Right. Because, you know, there's known knowns, there's known unknowns, and there's unknown unknowns. And, and at this point, if you're listening to my voice, there's no unknown unknowns about the business. You now know that you don't know about the business. Right. Yeah. And it's up to you to start figuring it out. And if you just stay in that technician mindset, if you do get sign, you have a manager, have a label or something, they're going to be like saying, okay, we need to do these things to promote this. You're like, no, I just want to make my art. And you'll be dragging your feet, right? Yep. And that's going to not go well. And okay, so what you're talking about right there is is the label's going to, like you're looking for a label or some outside force to come in and be the Mm -hmm. entrepreneur for you, right? Right. But then guess what else is faltering? The manager. Mm Mm-hmm. The manager manages people. So they're going to put a team around you. And if you haven't done the work that you need to do to become a better manager, because let me save you the suspense, you're going to screw it up. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And if you haven't done the work to become a better manager, then you're going to suck at managing the people that are around you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to mismanage the people around you. Yeah. And then that's going to become a problem. Mm -hmm. That's going to become a problem. I think of, You know, I've had three very, very close friends who have worked for the Tim McGraw, under the Tim McGraw tent. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you something. Him and Faith, two separate businesses, Mm -hmm. one management company, which rubs, it rubs, Mm -hmm. because the management company wants to do what management company should do, right? Like cost, do this, do that. But they're like, no, these are two separate businesses. Yeah. And you're going to pay everybody that needs to be paid in the two separate businesses, even if it's the same person. What do I mean by that? Like when they had the residency in Vegas, the management company's like, oh, well, we're just going to pay them one fee because, you know, it's a residency and it's, uh, you guys are on the same stage and there's a lot of reasons why they could sell that to make sense. And it was Tim and Faith that said, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay them for Tim McGraw's business, and then you're going to pay them for Faith's business, for Faith Hill's business. Hmm. And they got paid twice because they were working for two different companies at the same time. That is, first of all, how do you think that makes their road crew feel? Appreciated. Wow. Valued. Yes. Value. Mm -hmm. Managing people when they know enough about managing people to step in the way and rub up against their management company when their management company wants to mismanage. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is huge. I mean, you know, you're going to hear this from people, you know, Dolly Parton, same way, you know, these people understand how to manage and they understand how to be the entrepreneurs. The stars is an artist that the star you want to be. Let me tell you something, man. They are the technician, the manager, 
and the entrepreneur all put together. And the ones that aren't are never as successful as the big, 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 big stars. And what's sad is they're the, the ones that are pathetic when you meet them. <laughs> they're the letdown. Don't, that when they say don't meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh, wow, like this guy just doesn't get it. Yeah. Like you, like you had such this incredible career and you got nothing. You got nothing. Why? Because you didn't know and you didn't bother to find out. Well, you know, I mean, you think about like Garth, talking about the top people that reached the pinnacles of their mm. industries, you know, like Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me he didn't have a vision. And he's not an entrepreneur. <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, I've absolutely. Heard, you know how well he takes care of his people. I've written with a lot of his camp and stuff, and there's so many stories, and they're all positive. Yep, how he takes care of his people, that kind of stuff, honors a songwriter. But then also, you know, you know, he's got that entrepreneur side because he's going. I want to play Central Park, or I want to do these things. I'm gonna put out another box set. You know, he's he's looking for those things, and he's. I've met him a few times. You've met him. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Always been awesome. Anytime I met him, super cool. Kicks Brooks. Same thing. He's got Arrington, Arrington Vineyards. He's got business interest. He's obviously reached the top with Brooks and Dunn. Yep. And I met him in an airport. We ended up sitting next to each other, and he was super cool. It's like, hmm. And I'll bet you, I'll bet you that uh, you you talked mostly about you, Brent. <laughs> Try not to. Not because you're some egotistical person, because he kept hitting it back to you. Yeah. He kept volleying the ball back to you. Same thing with Garth, you know? Like, oh, yeah. everybody loves their experience with Garth. Why? Because he makes sure that you talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. And we all love to talk about ourselves. And that is managing people. Oh, that, he was interested in me. He was interested in me. Yes. Right? Yes. That's managing people. That's not a technician there. That's a manager as well as the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Right? Brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And really, that's just, you know, artists are in the service business. I mean, the, the way that Garth or Brooks and Dunn or whoever, I mean, they serve, they know where their bread is buttered. It's the fans. It's the people. It's politicians are the same way. Like, if I make you feel special and valuable, mm-hmm. it's all about you. It's not about me. It's not, I'm here to help you have a good time at this show. Or I'm here to help you get where you want to go kind of thing. Yeah. What about you? Tell me about you. It's all about you. Yeah. And if you're an artist, guess what? It's all about the fan. Yeah. They'll want to be all about you, but only if you make it all about them. I mean, that's where Taylor Swift, how she blew up this, how her fan service. Yeah. Spectacular, right? And their team, right? Like, I mean, my dad, my father owned his own business for 30 years, his own corporation. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many days. And I worked there for a while from time, you know, I was a little kid. I would go in and I would go into work with him sometimes and, and, mm-hmm. He'd pay me like a little bit of money here. I was, you know, seven or eight years old to do this or do that. And yeah, little entrepreneurial thing. And then I like legitimately had a job there after I graduated and we're launching the band and stuff. And I, I mean, I was so many times I've been in there every morning, same routine, walks around to all the people and his business would fluctuate between like 15 to 40 employees. Mm-hmm. But every day, everybody walk around. How you doing? What's going on? Asking about what them mm-hmm. managing people. They felt. Like he cared about them and he did. Yeah. You know, he was there for them. They felt like he was there for them. That was managing people Mm -hmm. and it's the business, you know? So here's your action items, guys. You need to write down what is your business vision? Where is it that you see, like when you've won, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. And I want you to write it out and at least think about it, but you need to write it out. Yeah. Like, what does your successful business look like? What exactly is your vision? You know, is it playing Madison Square Garden? Is it making a living as a regional artist? There's no right or wrong answer. Just be true to yourself. What is your vision? That's number one. Number two, how will an artist in that artist's business have to act to achieve this vision? Right? Making the best record ever isn't, that's not going to do it. You've already tried that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't work. It's more than that, right? So what has to be done, right? Like where are the lessons that you need to learn? Where's the knowledge that you need to gain to start understanding how to be a professional business in the music industry, right? So that's number two is you need to write out like what, Once you get that vision, like how does that business have to act to achieve this vision? How does your business have to act to achieve this vision? Write that out. 
you're going to have to have a marketing and promotion department. Whether you got a budget or not, you better figure out what your plan of attack is because without marketing and promotion, you're just a technician. Mm -hmm. and you just got a record that's going to sit on friggin' Spotify and you're going to be one of those saps that's like pissed off because you haven't gotten paid $3.43 for the, your 900 friggin' spins, streams. Yeah. Right? Like, really? <laughs> if I took $3 off you today, you wouldn't care about it. But why do you care about it at Spotify? You know, come on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, finally, number three is like starting today. Begin acting like that business. Be the business. There it is, guys. That's a deeper dive into this thing. I think that you've got to resign yourself to, to know there's no other way around this. Yeah. <laughs> there's no other way around this because if the dream is to get plucked from obscurity, I'm not worried about whether you will or you won't. I'm worried about what happens if they say yes. Like what? Like you're going to get screwed. Yeah. You know, you're going to be that artist with 10 million records sold who's making 5,000 bucks a month, man. That's right. Because it's not how you want to do it. You're on the hamster wheel. Yeah, that sucks. So anyway, that's it, guys. Hey, if you want to get a really sort of better perspective on how the digital platform works and how to honor the platform, then I got a great download for you. It's called Whoever Owns the Traffic Rules the Road. And you can get that at giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. Just tell us where to send it. It's yours free. And it'll help you sort of untie the knot and separate what broadcast promotion looks like from digital promotion so that you can do the work that you need to do on the platform that's available to you without permission, which is this podcast exists because we want you to win, so keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.